The interesting thing, Chica, you don't find on this list, though, that is so powerful, the promise of the enemy, the promise of our world. We literally, in our founding documents, say this is one of the most important things. You don't find your happiness. You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on. Join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to all of our listeners. This is Chica coming at you. I'm here with Jay. What's up, Jay? What's up, Chica? And we have yet another episode to roll into today. Jay, I know that you and I have been offline talking about this for a couple of weeks now. Excited to jump into this idea of flesh versus fruit with you. Yeah, so we're going to we're going to open here with a little bit of a passage from Galatians 5 where Paul begins to talk about life in the spirit. So picking up at verse 13, you my brothers and sisters were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbors as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So good, Jay. So many things in there. So I I took some notes mentally as you were speaking through. We've been called to freedom. Then he tells us a couple of times not what to do. And then he says, and and I picked this up, and I'd love for your interpretation of this. He said about midway through that that passage, walk by the Spirit and then be led by the Spirit. Now, if we come up from that, Jay, what's your reaction? Yeah, you know, there's a lot. I feel like in some ways you go, what am I, an apparent lecture here? But, you know, it's it's what I love about this passage is Paul is saying, man, you are designed for absolute freedom. But then there's that old adage. This is where I make that parent lecture reference. But with great freedom comes great <laughs> responsibility, right? And you're like, no, wait, what? No, I thought freedom was just go crazy. And Paul's like, no, 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 no. Here's the deal. The freer you get, the more under control you become that under control really means submitting to the will of God in your life. And God's will for your life is loving your neighbor and is this extended list of the fruits of the spirit we're going to talk about. But Paul is saying, but there's a war inside of you. And unfortunately, on this side of the veil, that war will rage till the day you die your earthly death. He talks about the law a lot. And if you don't spend a lot of time thinking about scripture or studying scripture, the law really refers to the Old Testament. The guidelines Mm. that God sets out to govern the nation of Israel, to set it apart from the world. And Jesus comes and he doesn't abolish the law. He fulfills it. And he said, hey, this is still the same life path and principles for believers, but we kind of take it to another level and it becomes much more integrated. Whereas by the law is almost a struggle of the flesh to maintain it. Jesus says, I give you my Holy Spirit. And if you walk with and by the spirit you don't mm. have to stru- you don't have to struggle to quote unquote keep the law you now come out from under the law and you are living a fully integrated life with Christ have you ever been to a nascar race jay 
I, I have. And you know, when the pace car comes out in front when there's been an accident and then the pace car leads, you know, I was thinking last night, that's not what he's talking about when he says walk by the spirit. He's not saying, hey, the spirit is a pace car and you are your own engine chasing the pace car. I think of it more like a load of locomotive where the locomotive is the train at the front and we're attached to that and he's pulling us along versus by our own volition, we are trying to keep up with the Holy Spirit. So in walking and being led by the Holy Spirit, I feel like it's more of a locomotive to a NASCAR pace car. Yeah, I mean, the scripture is pretty clear. Uh, in him, we live and we move and we breathe. Like the spirit is our locomotive. It is our engine. It is our battery. We're designed to run on the Holy Spirit, right? That's why That's why the, the fruit of the flesh is so powerful because every human is born with this kind of hole and it mm. needs to be filled. And we're trying to fill it with something. And, and, and what the proper fuel for the human body is the Holy Spirit. And if you're running on the spirit, your engine is running appropriately. But if you put in diesel, if you put in pornography, if you put it, whatever else you want to put in there, it causes your engine not to run well. It runs for a little while, but then it's like, and then it breaks down, right? And, and then we can't figure out like, what's wrong? What's going on? Well, you got the wrong fuel in your body. If, if you take a picture of your body, inside the body, there's this soul. And then inside the soul, there's this spirit. And that's empty until you accept Jesus. And then the spirit comes inside the soul, which is inside the body. And so you've almost got three layers. Now you've got the inner layer, which is the spirit, which is Jesus, which is God, inside your soul, which is inside the body, which is the flesh. And the flesh has to deal with the outside world. Um, and you, therefore, have to also navigate, okay, so what is fruit here and what is flesh? And, and I'd love to jump into some of that scripture here, Jay, so we can start to unpack that. You've got to take stock of what you're putting into your body chica that's what we're going to talk about because what goes in is going to be what comes out mm. and so if you're, you're taking in certain things that's what's going to come out i mean you reap what you sow all of those old sayings but we don't we don't put a lot of thought really enough thought to that sort of thing so let's jump in and read what the the fruit of the spirit is and and galatians 5 22 tells us that the spirit is or the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And depending on which um, version of the Bible you read, you're going to get different words, some really impressive words. And we're going to talk about just the, the languaging around this. So the fruit of the Holy Spirit is a result of that Holy Spirit's presence. And so when, when we think that the Bible makes it clear that everybody receives that Holy Spirit, the moment that you and I, or that a believer believes in Jesus Christ, if you think of, I think it was Romans 8, where it says anyone that does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him, or 1 Corinthians 12, where he talks about um, for in one spirit, we're all baptized into one body. You know, the primary purpose of the spirit coming into that Christian's life is to change that life. And it's the, uh, the, the spirit's job to conform us to the image of Christ, making us more like him. This is really the challenge of the Christian life and, and why it's so different from other worldviews. And C.S. Lewis says it like this. He says, you know, people observe Christianity and they'll go, oh, I'll have a little bit of that. A little bit of that seems kind of nice, but I want to keep all these other things I have. And the, the reality is that when you invite Christ into your life, he, he's not going to come to dust the furniture. 
Nope, it's he's coming for full scale remodel and the Holy Spirit's going to start moving walls and doing other things. And you're like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for a renovation. I, I thought I was just getting a polish. You know, I want to keep these other things. And Jesus says, well, now, actually, if you want to live in full freedom, back to the freedom world, if you want to live in full freedom, we need to do a wholesale renovation of the inside of your life. And then the outward life you live will reflect that and you will be able to walk in these fruits, which actually lead to real freedom, mm. right? The world's promise of freedom, the enemy's promise of freedom, your flesh promise of freedom, they're all really just different forms of bondage. Most humans are wandering this planet, living in a form of bondage under their sin, under their false religions, under pressure of their ideology, you know, that, and, the, and, and, and the pressure is immense. And mm. then they have to put a good face on that. Whereas in Christ, when you're living by the fruit of the spirit, you fully crucified your flesh. You have accepted the real Christian life and you're attempting to walk it out. You get this whole other level of freedom, which just brings you a peace that transcends understanding as, as they say in um, Philippians. When I was reading those, those words, Jay, I was thinking back to what you said on the last podcast. I think you were referencing uh, Corinthians where you said Jay is love. Jay's patience. I believe with the fruit, you could do the exact same thing and it adds a lot more oomph behind it. But I want to also take what you just mentioned there about how we create reasons around what we're doing. Um, and you and I have had plenty of conversations about how we've dulled down what comes out of scripture um, to make it okay for what we do, especially when we walk by the flesh. So, you know, culture today could call a sin a mistake. I mean, you have this great saying, Chica, that says um, offense is a choice. And then everybody gets offended when you say that, which I, I love it when that happens. Uh, but the reality is sin is not a mistake. It's a choice. Like that's a choice, a willful choice, a conscious choice. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't feel badly about doing it or you can't say in retrospect it was a mistake to make that choice. But I think you're drawing a really nice distinction, which says sometimes we say, oh, that was a mistake, like it was an accident. Like, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen when I opened the bottle or I looked at this Web page or I went to this party. Like, I, I just had no idea it was, it, it was an accident. That's what we're really saying. When we say it was a mistake in that way, what we're really saying, it was an accident outside of my control and my conscious will. And the reality is, no, 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 you chose it. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. There's brain science and chemicals going on in your body. Like some of those choices, you can be out of control when you're making, but make no mistake about it. When you choose to enter into sin, like that's that's a conscious choice. And you can't really enter into the fruits of the spirit until you acknowledge that and begin to deal with the other less chica that comes mm. before the fruits of the spirit, right? Mm-hmm. If our listeners, if you're driving, don't do this, but if you're just hanging out and listening, just look at your, your right and left hand real quick. And I was thinking about this last night. If your right hand represented flesh and your left hand represented the fruit, um, it's almost like if you turn them towards each other and started barking your hands at each other, I see these two things like two dogs facing off or two animals facing off. Like the flesh is this constant roo, 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 roo after you, right? And if you don't chase after the spirit and you don't fulfill yourself and you don't um, pursue the fruit, the flesh is going to eat the fruit like a Pac-Man dog, right? Um, and so we need to invest in the fruit dog. We need to build the fruit dog so that when the flesh comes, and Jay and I, when we went away on our retreat two weeks ago, I, I loved when you said this, the fruit dog's so big now that when the flesh barks, you, you hardly even hear it. 
you don't even necessarily feel it because you've invested so much in the fruit. That that is the so the big church word for that is sanctification as you're walking out the Christian life. And and you always have to be on your guard. Like there's a reason we talked about this in our last episode that Peter says, like, be on your guard, because that not only is the enemy walking around like a prowling lion, but the world in your flesh are too. And to your point, Chica, they offer some things that seem so good. The enemy can only corrupt. The world can't really create, your flesh can't really create, they, they corrupt the things of God. But they, they can do that corruption in a way that seems so good. Like, no, it seems good to go over there and partake of this thing or partake of that thing or think this thing or do that thing. And and it's not. And referencing back to 1 Corinthians, so the fruits of the Spirit list really is the love list, right? Paul says at the end of that magnificent passage, but the great, you know, faith, hope, and love are the great things and the greatest of all is love. And then you go back in, and the fruits of the spirit list is really the love list. So the outworking of the fruit of the spirit, all these different things, patience and joy and faith and gentleness is really the outworking of Christ's love shining through you, right? Now we're going to the Sermon on the Mount where he says, you are, you reflect me. I'm the light of the world and you reflect me. You're a lamp on a hill. Mm. You know, so all these things really begin to tie together. That's what I love about scripture so much. It links everywhere, regardless of the author, it links, it links, it links because the Holy Spirit's the author. The interesting thing, Chica, you don't find on this list, though, that is so powerful, the promise of the enemy, the promise of our world. We literally, in our founding documents, say this is one of the most important things. You don't find your happiness, your happiness on this list. And I, Wait, I think Jay, that's interesting. what are you talking about? I want to be happy. <laughs> Why'd you get a divorce? I just wasn't happy anymore. Why'd you do this? I just wasn't happy. You know, we've made happiness the highest ideal, but the Bible says no freedom is the highest ideal. And these other things lead to freedom. Happiness and freedom don't necessarily go together. Happiness is an inward-facing, self-focused expression and feeling. These, wow. you know, when that that is not an outworking of Christ, and that is difficult for us to wrestle with because we go, wait a minute, you don't want me to be happy? Oh, I, no, I want something better for you than happiness. We should quickly list out for our listeners, if you have spent some time or haven't spent some time in recent past, uh, looking at the the sinful, or sorry, Jay, the mistake nature of us humans in the flesh. Um, the, the acts of sinful nature are obvious in Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Uh, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, ooh, selfish mm. ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, and orgies and the like. Whee! That is a list. And if we compare that back to the fruits, I believe in my count, 18 were the flesh kind of uh, sinful natures, but nine were the fruits. And off, off note, 18 is six times six times six, 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 Jay. Uh, but that, that's another, another conversation, another time. <laughs> Um, so I think of what you often refer uh, back to, which is Romans, you know, uh, uh, Romans 7, for I, I do not do what I want to do, but I, I always do the thing I hate. You know, if you come to the start of that, before he, he ran, rambles off, um, you know, now I don't do what I want, it says, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin, for I do not understand my own actions. So I think that, that ties into this whole flesh piece, Jay, is, as we kind of compare the flesh versus the fruit. I think important to keep in mind as we go through this study over the next nine, 10 weeks is it's going to be a struggle on this side of the veil. Like we're in a fallen and broken world. Jesus has not come back. It's not fixed. It's not operating correctly. 
And so choice is a huge part of this. And you have to make a choice, right? And it's got to be a clear choice. You know, we come to the T in our road, and most of us want to just keep going straight through the T out into the farmland. Like, well, I want to have a little bit of Jesus and a little bit of the world and a little bit of flesh. And and that just leads to discord, right? You talked about that, that list of I'm spirit, I'm soul, I'm body, I'm heart, I'm mind, and will. You have to choose one or the other. Now, you can choose the world. That's okay. That's a choice. Like, Jesus will let you make that choice. He forces nobody to be his disciple. He forces nobody to follow him. But what he says is, hey, there's just there's clear outcomes for that. Or you can choose the way of life, the way of freedom, a life in Christ. But that choice will require you to divest yourself, right? To set aside some of these things that you used to, quote unquote, find your freedom, find your joy, find your peace, find your happiness in and reframe to say, well, wait, that's not true. What's really true is this list over here actually leads to that. Now, what I would tell you is I used to say this list, Chica, but it didn't mean anything to me. Mm. It didn't mean anything to me. And over the last couple of years, it has come to mean something so different. And it's in the little acts. You know, my wife was saying to me something yesterday, hey, you did this thing. And I really appreciate that because for most of your life, you wouldn't even have noticed. And it's interesting because when I did that thing, I wasn't trying to do that thing to make her happy like I would have in the past. I really got to pay attention to my wife right now and do something to make her happy. I was just, I'm more, I'm more in tune with her life as her husband and her needs unconsciously because I'm living out the fruits of the spirit than when I used to try to do it and it was really not authentic and real. So for the listeners, I think Jay's just teed up a great start to our next episode, which is So But Why? I mean, if I've given my life to Jesus, why would I even bother working walking in the fruit as well? And and what does the Bible say about why we should walk in the fruit? So we'll tee that up for our start. And and listeners, we're going to go through these fruits one by one here over the next few episodes. But Jay, if you wouldn't mind, I'm, I'm going to pray us out um, and then wish our listeners the great week. And we'll pick this up next week. Thanks for the great conversation, Jay. You know, as as believers in you, we're never going to be completely victorious unless we demonstrate the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, as we walk into this week, I ask that you help the Spirit nudge us towards the choice to choose the Spirit, to produce more and more of your fruit in our lives, and therefore allow the Spirit to conquer the uh, the sinful desires of the flesh. Lord, we love you so much. Listeners, thank you for being here, and we will see you all next week. Amen. Amen.